Hi guys, welcome back to my uh, broadcast where um, we read the Bible and just get to understand Jesus a little bit more every day. And today, um, my broadcast is called Keep on Spreading the Word, the Love, the Faith. Um, and that's what I love. If you want to listen to any of my broadcasts, you can look it up there. Uh, today, we are going to be reading in Genesis chapter 29 and 28. As we read Genesis 28, I mean, 29 and 30. That's what we're going to be reading today, Genesis 29 and 30. And before I read, I will pray. And then before we pray, we're going to um, listen to a worship song. So the worship song that I picked today is Zach Williamson and Walker Hayes' Jesus' Fault. And um, for some reason, I'm on a Zach Williamson weekend, so which is great because he's an awesome singer and loves writing about Jesus. And um, so this is Jesus' Fault. We're going to be listening to this, then I'll pause and talk about it. And then we'll get on to worshiping and singing praises to God. So here we go. Um, here we go. Here goes, here goes the song. This is such an awesome song. Accept Jesus in your life. He changes your ways. She doesn't have to drag me like she does those kids. Still have some questions, but I'm counting on my blessings. That Sunday doesn't make me feel sad like they did. Just ask what happens when he chases you down Everything is different when there's a new me in town I don't have to wake up and clear on the wall It's missing on me, well that's Jesus' fault
guess that's what happens when it chases you down Everything thing is different in you, me, and town That's when I will wake up and feel that the wall Yes, the old me, well that's Jesus' fault Okay, so, uh, before I pray, let's, let's get back into this real quick. Let's go here. Um, this is what I want to go over in this song. It says, I guess this is what happens when he chases you down. Everything is different. There's a new me in town. I don't walk. I don't wake up angry at the mirror at the wall. So if you miss the old me, well, that's Jesus' fault. This is so beautifully written. I love this statement in this song because... He's not talking about, he's talking about your old ways, your old ways of living versus your new way of living. It's when your new way of living, you're walking with Jesus Christ, right? And Jesus Christ will slowly start taking those bad things away from you, like drugs, um, alcohol, um, going through on bad websites, um, doing things that are ungodly. And he'll start changing your heart from the inside out. And he might tell you to get rid of that friendship. Those friends that you have that are still walking in the darkness and the evil path. Get rid of them. And you might start realizing, I want to be more close to the people who love the Lord. People who, who walk with Jesus. Because I'm not having my Bible sitting there anymore like oh like it like it says all bottle wings on my on my bible that's not happening anymore i'm opening up the bible i'm reading i'm reading the word this is what's so awesome about this is this is what he's talking about missing the old me looking at you looking at the mirror looking at with the reflection of yourself and saying oh man i'm not waking up angry anymore it's the, um, the mirror at the wall I'm different because Jesus Christ is living with me. That's what I love about this so much. And then it says, that's Jesus' fault. It's not really saying that's Jesus' fault. What he's saying, that's other people. That's other friends that aren't open. That's other people who see you walking different. See you treating other people different, right? And they're saying like, man, that must be Jesus' fault. Because look, he's different. And... I don't like him changing. And you're going you're gonna to understand this. That there is going to be a lot of people. When you come into this. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's going to be a lot of people. Who don't like the new you. This is what's so powerful about this song. Right? It, they don't like the new you. They don't like the new way of you walking with Christ. They like the old way of you. Going to drinking, going to clubs, going to party, going to get drunk with them, going to smoke with them. They like that old way of you. 
they don't like you having Jesus Christ in your life and realizing that there's a difference. And they're seeing it. The reason why your friends are seeing it and saying that's Jesus' fault is because they're being guilty from their sins. And they don't want to we don't they don't want to feel guilty. So they want to stay in a sinful life. That's the beauty about this. It's talking about being a difference. It's not where you go to church on Sunday. It's not um Jesus living in a building. It's talking about Jesus is walking with you with the Holy Spirit. And this is the difference. This is why there's a div- there's a difference between being a born again Christian and just calling yourself Christian because the born again Christians understand the fire and the love, the hope that we get in walking with Jesus Christ, having that faith and that love desire for Jesus Christ. We get to understand that people who call themselves I'm just oh I'm a Christian, yeah you're a Christian, but your eyes aren't open. You're not, your eyes aren't open to the sin and the evil temptation of the world. That's the difference. The difference is having the Holy Spirit. And that's why it says in this song, that's Jesus' fault. Those are the people that are calling themselves, I'm a Christian. But they really don't understand the Holy Spirit. They'll say, they're trying to blame it on Jesus because you're the one who ruined my friend. You ruined my friend because... He accepted you as your Lord and Savior, and I don't want to be different. I don't want to accept my own battle. I want my own life. But it's just so simple to cry out to Jesus Christ. Ask Him to come into your heart. Ask Him to be your Lord and Savior today and change your ways. That's the beauty of having the Holy Spirit. It's because it's not just a problem anymore. We all are sinners. We all sin. Even us born-again Christians, we're not perfect. We all sin in this world, besides the only person who didn't sin, is Jesus Christ. And the way how you conquer sin, the devil, and temptations that he's going to put in your life is walking through Jesus. Reading your Bible daily. People don't realize it. Reading your Bible daily is a sinful battle. Because Satan will put anything in your mind to not sh- to not share the gospel, to not do this. You want to know what is really cool and what's interesting? Right now, we live in a country, right? And my sister just left, and she went to brunch. And on the way out, she calls me right before I do this live, right? And she says, there's a dead snake in the road. Go check it out. And I went to go put on my I went to go put on my shoes, and I said, "Wait a minute! This is Satan tempting me, saying not to go on live, not to go share the Bible." He's telling me, "Go check out that snake," and I had that in my mind, "Go check out the snake." But then I paused for a second and I said, "No, I must go live first. If Jesus really wants me to sh- to see that snake, he's gonna make it stay there while I go live and preach his word and his testimony." This is why I live going live. It's because the Holy Spirit is here. This is church. That's why I love about this so much. It's not where you are. It's not a building. The church community is live and well with the Holy Spirit. But you have to have it. 
You have to follow people who are on fire for the Lord and not just calling yourself, I'm a Christian. Or I have a big follower, so I, so I like Jesus Christ. There's so many sinful temptations out there that the only true one is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and reading your Bible daily. That's why I started this live broadcast to help people understand this. So, um, the song that I'm talking about is Zach Williamson with Walker Hayes feature feature as it and Jesus' Fault. It's a really, really good song. Listen to it, go over it, and understand what he's talking about. So before I read Genesis 29 and 30 today, um, let's pray and ask Jesus to come in and fill the Holy Spirit. Fill the Holy Spirit. If you feel it, let me know in the comments if you feel it. Because Jesus Christ is will. So, here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that whoever's watching this live, who's ever um, seen this Lord, either listening it to the podcast or um, listening to it now, Lord, I pray that you come in and you pierce their heart. You come in and fill their lungs with your love, Lord. Let them understand that you're not too far away. You're not too far away to grab their hand and for them to feel the Holy Spirit, Lord, because guess what? You are here. You're alive and well, and you're not weak, Lord. You're helping us spread the kingdom through you. This is not through my glory. All the glory goes to you, Jesus, because without you, we are lost. Without you, we can't have the ultimate love and ultimate freedom that you give us, Lord. And it's the Holy Spirit that you give us. And it's a blessing that we're able to have the technology to be able to share and learn the world today. So I pray that whoever is listening to this, Lord, let them understand who you are. Let them be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let them understand that this pierces their heart. And they realize that they can't do this alone. Let them cry out to you, Lord. And it's just simply it's just accepting you as the Lord and Savior. I pray that whoever wants to say that prayer, Lord, just say, Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, pray that today I want to accept you into my heart. I want to get rid of the sinful temptations that I'm going through, Lord. I want to follow you and, and have you be the light of my life. Have me help me walk in my ways. And... Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's just that simple prayer, Lord. That's all it takes is for people to accept you into their heart. So I pray that that helps them today. Pray whoever does accept that, Lord, let them be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let other people who don't know you, Lord, let them be filled with the Holy Spirit so they could feel the joy and the love that you have. I pray that we just have a good day and a blessed day. Allow me to share Genesis 29 and 30. Whatever you want me to share, Lord, let it be shared through you, you using me to allow you to share this message. So I pray everything goes well. Pray that we have a good day and a blessed day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So here we go, Lord. Here we go, you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for the five people watching. Thanks for you guys liking me and um, coming live. This is really awesome. So here we go. Chapter 29 
Then Jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the eastern peoples. There he saw a well in the field with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well. The stone over the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. Then they would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob asked the shepherds, My brothers, where are you from? We're from Haran, they replied. He said to them, Do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Yes, we know him, they answered. Then Jacob asked them, Is he well? Yes, he is, they said. And here comes his daughter Rachel with the sheep. Look, he said, the sun is still high. It is not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to pasture. We can't, they replied, until all the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. When Jacob saw Rachel, daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. He had told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah. So she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his home. And there Jacob told him all these things. Then Laban said to him, You are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, Just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob, and Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant girl Zilpah to his daughter as her maidservant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, 
It is not our custom here to give the younger daughter a marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal with Then we will give you the younger one also, in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant girl Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maidservant. Jacob lay with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, she named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again she conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. Chapter 30 When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, Give me children, or I'll die. Jacob became angry with her and said, Am I in the place of God, who has kept you from having children? Then she said, Here is Bilhah, my maidservant sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and that through her i too can build a family so she gave him her servant bilhah as a wife jacob slept with her and she became pregnant and bore him a son then rachel said god has vindicated me he has listened to my plea and given me a son because of this she named him dan Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, I have had a great struggle with my sister, and I have won. So she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her maidservant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, What good fortune! So she named him Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, How happy I am! The women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. During wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother Leah. Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Wasn't it enough you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too? 
Very well, Rachel said. He can sleep with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. So when Jacob came in from the fields that evening, Leah went out to meet him. You must sleep with me, she said. I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my maidservant to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Sometime later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add to me another son. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you, and I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He added, Name your wages and I will pay them. Jacob said to him, You know how I have worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? What shall I give you? He asked. Don't give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark-colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages and my honesty will testify for me in the future whenever you check on the wages you have paid me. Any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted or any lamb that is not dark colored will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That same day he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them, and all the dark-colored lambs, and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob, while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob, however, took fresh-cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees, 
and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they made it in front of the branches and they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streaked and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. Thus he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs in front of the animals so they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and maid servants and men servants and camels and donkeys. Okay, you guys, so this was Genesis 29 and Genesis 30. And in Genesis 29 is what I want to talk about. And so here goes Jacob, right? He's at his, um, he's at his uncle, he's at, basically, he's at his uncle's Liam's ranch. And, um, he's there and at his, he's, he's there at the well, um, and seeing his uncle's watering flocks come down, right? They're watering sheep. And this is verse 11. Um, he sees Rachel coming down um, as she's a, sh a shepherdess. So that's what, that's what Rachel is. And then this is verse 11 starting. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep out loud. He had told Rachel that he was his relative of her father and the son of Rebekah. So she ran and told her father. So this is this is this is interesting that Jacob kissed Rachel, okay, and then she ran and told her father that hey our, our relative is here, right? And he's at the well. So Liam comes out and says, Hey, Jacob, come come stay with us, and be uh stay with us and and help us out on the on the keeping the flock of the sheep. So he did. So Liam had two daughters, and Lehi and Rachel. And so he wanted to marry Rachel, right? Cause she was the younger one, and she was really beautiful, pretty, and. He said, I'll work for you seven years to marry Rachel, right? He's telling his uncle this. And so he says, okay, that works, right? So he he, he works seven years and this is what he, this is what he says in verse, uh, He works for seven years, and they they arrange to get married, right? 
because Jacob said, my time is my time is complete, I want to lay with her. So he wants to lay with Rachel, right? But this is what happens. During that time period, you just couldn't marry the younger daughter without the older daughter not being not being married, right? So the father said took Rachel out of the wedding and at night he slept with the older sister, Leha and slept with her, right? So now he's got his first wife. And he works for another seven years to marry Rachel, right? So finally he marries Rachel. And Liam, Lehman, actually um, is like, okay, you know, both of my daughters are married now to Jacob, right? And this is how, this is how the Lord works. So, this is in verse, uh, verse 31. When the Lord saw that Lehah was not loved, he opened her womb, but, J- but Rachel was barren. So, this is interesting how God works, right? Uh, he, he, he uh, Jacob really loved Rachel. But he really didn't love his first wife, right? And so, this is what God's plan was. I'm going to close Rachel's wound so she can't have any children, right? And, Lehigh is going to have children. And that's what ends up happening. She ends up having children. And, through this, um, they end up having kids, right? They end up having kids because this time you can marry all these, you, you can marry multiple wives at this time, right? During this time you could, in this time of Genesis. So, they, so he gets married, and they're having all these, they're having all these kids, right? So, not only that, but the maidservants that they had also slept with, also slept with Jacob. So, Jacob ends up having four wives at the end and at the end I think that's really interesting because the flocks are being blessed now right Jacob is being strong he's working in the field he's been there more than 14 years now and now he's like I have to go make up I have to go do something for my own I have to sell my own household and his uncle says what's it gonna cost for you to stay here and he separates the flock of the sheep. So this is what he uh, this is what he said in verse thirty two, in verse uh, chapter thirty, verse thirty two. Let me go through all your flocks today, and remove from them every speckle, every speckled sheep, or spotted, even dark colored lambs, and every spotted or speckled goat. There will be a wage. That would be my wage, right? So, money at this time was live animals during this time. And it says, verse 33, And my honesty will be tested in me in the future. Whenever you check my wages, you have paid me. And the goat in 
is my possession that is not speckled or spotted or lamb or any lamb that is not dark colored will be considered stolen. So this is how they separate this is how they separated the flock, right? It's really interesting that here we go, Jacob and his uncle are they separate the flock. Just like Jesus separates us, right? And this is how it's beautifully written from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Because Jesus talks about this, how he would leave the flock to go find one person who is a sinner. And when he accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, Jesus will guide him back to the flock, right? Back to the loving family, to the loving church family. He is the shepherd and we are the sheep, right? We are the ones who need Jesus Christ, right? And he is the ultimate shepherd. He's the person who's keeping an eye on us as we walk in this world. And that's the beauty of this, right? Is it brings the Old Testament and the New Testament together. Just like here, how Jacob and his uncle separated the sheep, right? That's exactly what Jesus Christ does with us. He leaves the 99 to go find the one, right? Because the 99 already having faith, trusting in the Lord. The one person who doesn't have faith and trust in the Lord, Jesus goes finds and brings him back to the 99. Why? Because that one person who lost, who becomes a born-again believer and becomes saved and accepts the Holy Spirit and accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the 99 get to have a huge party and get to celebrate and gonna be like, God is good, right? Because he brought someone lost and he gave him light and they're not walking alone anymore. And that's what's really cool about this is that this is how we should, this is how we need to understand the, what shepherds meant back in the Old Testament. And it's exactly what he does for us today. And he doesn't just do it just at one time. It's a daily struggle for us to read the Bible. Right? And this is a fighting challenge that we have too. Is that you can use the Bible as us being the people who read the Bible, who grow with Jesus Christ daily. Right? Those are the people who have the Holy Spirit. Those are the people who understand who Jesus Christ is. The people who say, oh, I go to church once a week. And, oh, I know who Jesus Christ is. But when you ask them certain questions, they don't know. Because their eyes are lost, just like other people walking in this world who don't go to church. It's not where you go. The flock isn't in the building. See, the flock isn't in the building anymore. The flock is having the Holy Spirit with you. The love of Jesus Christ around you. This is the beauty and the, and the love that no one could take away besides Jesus Christ. That's why I love about this so much is that he is the ultimate shepherd and we are the flock. We have to learn how to cry out to him daily and ask him to open up our eyes daily. And it starts by growing our faith in the word. 
because the wood's never going to die. The earth is going to die. Heaven is going to die. But God's word is going to stay truthful all the way to the end of time. And that's the beauty and love of Jesus Christ. So I pray that this helps you guys today realize that the Old Testament, just because it's old, it still is living testimony today. And that's why I love sharing the Bible. Because the Bible doesn't die because it's old. It's new every day because there's something for us to look forward to reading and having and growing with God daily. So I pray that this helps you guys today. Pray that this gives you guys some information on the Old Testament as we read Genesis chapter 29 and 30. Pray that you guys have a good day. Blessed day. Love you guys and God bless.